Welcome to Manners and Madness, a Jane Austen and David Lynch podcast. My name is Maya Adkins. And I'm Christian Cabrera. And today we are diving into Mandy. Very (laughs) (laughs) interesting film. (laughs) Which is from 2018. So it's pretty recent. And I guess it's a horror movie. It's definitely Mm -hmm. was on Shudder. So (laughs) yeah, I would say if not for some of the kind of more scary imagery, it's definitely in the violence category fits into the horror films. Yes, it's yeah. I mean, if David Lynch fits into horror, then this definitely fits into horror. So <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, there are like you know subgenres and all that, but this is definitely I would say fits into the horror umbrella. Yes, and I'm really excited to talk about it because. For my first impression, the first time I watched it was mm-hmm. probably pretty soon after it came out, oh. um, a couple of years ago. I watched it with Allison, actually, and <laughs> we watched it, and afterwards, we both looked at each other and were like, what the hell was that? <laughs> <laughs> but my lasting impression of it was that it was a, a very beautiful to look at movie, and mm. it kind of made me think of David Lynch and actually now rewatching it I was like oh I think there's a million references to David Lynch in this movie but oh yeah yeah so anyway I have a lot more thoughts on it having watched it the second time <laughs> but yeah it's a crazy crazy movie <laughs> what did you think yeah I mean I uh I would say I enjoyed it it's it was, I was like trying to think of like what it reminded me of because I was watching it and I was like, it feels so familiar. It's like not only in the way that it's like very colorful and there is a lot of, it's like a little bit more on the avant-garde side where there's like a lot of long shots and kind of like, oh, like that's not something a normal character would do or something like that. Like it's very kind of, you know, a little bit out there. But uh-huh. then I was like, oh, what it reminds me of. And even with like the way the characters are dressed and everything, it reminds me of a Rob Zombie movie. And I don't know if you've seen it, but it's about witches. Somebody was uh, just talking about Rob Zombie, and I looked him up and realized I don't think I've ever seen a single Rob Zombie movie. <laughs> <laughs> I would say they're equally as violent, <laughs> but what's it called? Oh, gosh. One second. I need to. I forgot remember. how violent it was. I mean, I knew that there was a violent. Yeah incident but i forgot about the whole incident, <laughs> honestly you forgot about <laughs> the incidents <laughs> the <second> <laughs> <half>. <laughs> okay yes it's her the prop song movie is called the lords of salem and there's a lot of i would say similar in the way that there's like this kind of really like avant-garde really extravagant use of shots and like art imagery and you know, there's a lot of like long shots of stuff that it seems like, oh, this is kind of kooky and maybe it's a little bit violent, but just like the way, especially the way the character Mandy was, how she was like, you know, Motley Crue or Black Sabbath t-shirts and she had this like <laughs> super long black hair and uh-huh. a certain type of person. Mm. And I was like, oh, this is what it's reminding me of is this specific movie. But um, I well, and it's very it. 70s, like late 70s, mm-hmm. early 80s. I think it was I was not to take away from any of your notes in the future, but I think oh, it was can. shot on a like an old film camera from the time. Oh, and the use of color, personally, I found to be very that was like my favorite part of the movie. Yeah, it was and really coincidentally beautiful. my least favorite. The second watch, because there are certain <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we'll definitely get into it, but like I 
ended up breaking this movie up into four part beats in my mind. Mm -hmm. There's like the first half hour, the second half hour, the third half hour, the fourth hour. (laughs) And I really enjoyed the first half hour and the last half hour, but the two Mm -hmm. middle half hours I didn't care for. And they all were kind of the same color. And I was like, why can we please move on? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I will also say it's a very, uh, like, visually dark movie like it's really it's at some point it's really dark and so yeah if you're, hard not, to see if you're, you're not trying to watch while the lights are on or while the yeah lights, while yeah i watched it and say i watched it during the day so i was like Ugh, i can yeah. hardly see at some points but um i thought nicholas cage was really great in it i thought it was yeah. like really f- fun to see him in a movie i hadn't seen him in a movie in a while uh-huh personally so i thought he was great in it and i do like andrea riseborough even though she kind of really wasn't in it that much but I am, um, yeah, I and I, it's funny that you say like 70s and 80s because like some of my notes reference, like there are so many things from the 70s and 80s that it kind of pulls into like the characters and everything. Mm-hmm. So I think this, yeah, the director definitely had like a very specific, yeah, kind of template yeah. in mind for it. <laughs> definitely. Okay. Well, let's get into the notes then. Yes. So, for Mandy, it was released September 14th, 2018. It was directed by Panos Cosmatos. And Ooh, it I was... looked him up and he doesn't have that many credits. And I was like, how can Mm-mm. you be so visually, you know, adept and not have any <laughs> credits? I don't understand. I, I didn't look up to see, like... Is it because he's uh, Belgium and, like, just all of his stuff is not on IMDb? Um... Belgium? He's not Belgian. He, Belgium. Belgian. <laughs> Belgian. <laughs> He's Belgium. <laughs> I would say it's probably like there probably are Belgian like shorts and films and stuff like that. He's probably directed or worked on and they're not listed but he's also his dad was a director too. Oh right right right. So he probably has been like sort like immersed in like movies and film and all that since he was little. Mm-hmm. But yeah he doesn't have a super long as like as as far as IMDb goes. But I mean, from the things that I'm seeing on here that he's directed, I was like, okay, it kind of fits into his kind of like, you know, <laughs> his kind of sort of uh, his vibe. Uh-huh. And it was written by him along with Aaron Stewart on. Um, and then uh, they also gave a writing credit to the little like Cheddar Goblin commercial. Because um, <laughs> it, it was written by um, a guy named Casper Kelly who does stuff for Adult Swim. Ah. Uh. So I was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. That <laughs> Considering, <laughs> yeah, Cheddar Goblin. <laughs> All right. And then for our cast, we had Nicolas Cage as Red Miller, Andrea Riseborough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I know it's not a David Lynch, Nicolas Cage movie, but it kind of feels like it. I know. I mean, he's he's only done one David Lynch movie, but and I always forget about it. But then I will remember halfway through like this movie, I was like, oh, yeah, he was a world at heart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> or he was also a little crazy, a little kooky yeah. in a different way. Different way. Yeah. And then we had Andrea Riceborough as Mandy Bloom. Mm-hmm. Linus Roche as Jeremiah Sand. Ugh, my least favorite character ever written. 
Uh, yeah, he was a piece of shit. He might have been one of the main problems with the second half hour. <laughs> yeah, Ned Dennehy as Brother Swan. Not the actor, just the character. Right, the character was pretty terrible. <laughs> he was just evil. Alwyn, oh gosh. Okay, so she is Irish, and her last name is Veer. I don't know how to pronounce it, but her first name is Alwyn, and her last name is F-O-U-E-R-E, and both the E's have little uh, accent marks. Boere? Boere, I think. But sometimes you get, like, sometimes the Irish pronunciations are a little, they're different than they look or something, but she was Mother Marlene. She was, like, the the woman with the long white hair. There was Richard Brake as the chemist, Bill Duke as Carruthers. Who I feel like is such a devil character. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Well, I was like, he was very memorable. Yes, very. I was like, why do I know that name of all the? Because I could, you know, you can barely yeah. keep track of anybody's name. But I kept, I was looking up at just the time he was on. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I, yeah, I looked at his IMDb and I was like, oh, I've seen you in a million things. He's just one of those. <laughs> And then I don't know if her name is Line or Line. It's L-I-N-E, but Pillet. And she was Sister Lucy. And then there was Clement Baronet, who was Brother Klopik. And then Alexis Julemont, who was Brother Hanker. And then Stefan Fraser, who was Brother Lewis. Okay. And I think that's kind of like our main cast. I also want to say that the cinematography was by Benjamin Loeb, because I was also thinking oh. maybe it was the cinematographer who was helping a lot with like just the composition of the shots and everything. Mm-hmm. And the music is by Johan Johansson. And this was, mm-hmm. I believe, his last movie that he scored before he died. Yes. Yeah, I think they ended up dedicating the movie to him. Yes. Sorry, Jeez. and you probably were going to say that. I just happened to be looking at oh, it no, right there. <laughs> oh, you're fine. I thought the score was actually really like i really like the score yeah it was like really it like gave me goosebumps a lot of the times it was just so like i don't know how to explain it it was very it had that very immersive kind of like mm-hmm. you know early 80s late 70s yeah. type of score <laughs> and it, it's like, like yeah, very it's, stranger things too yeah it like really transport you to the feeling that you need to have for this movie yeah <laughs> the feeling of 70s fantasies novels <laughs> Yes. <laughs> D&D novels. <laughs> All right. And then for some uh, fun facts or just facts if they're not very fun. <laughs> Apparently in an interview, Nicolas Cage said that his performance was inspired by, or like he pulled his inspiration from his 14 year marriage ending right before filming. And so he kind of pulled all those emotions into the character, which explains <laughs> the like screaming and angriness. It works. <laughs> yeah. Apparently he didn't divorce that was sprung upon him, he said. He did not see it coming. So <laughs> how like, many oh, divorces okay. Nicholas Cage has had. <laughs> I know. All right. And then in an early draft of the script, the tiger Lizzie was actually supposed to be a lizard. And the actor Richard Brake, who plays the chemist, did not know that it was changed to a tiger until he got to set and the director said, Oh, by the way, uh, Lizzie's a tiger now. Honestly, it could have actually been a lizard. The whole ending started to feel like a drug trip. And I was like, I don't know what's real anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it kind of (laughs) was. And then the co-writer Aaron Stewart on said that during, I I guess, an interview when they presented the film at Cannes, the Cosmatos described it as a film about the death of his parents, which I didn't necessarily see, but 
maybe Does they're the characters. Does parents die violently? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but I would, I was, I'd be interested to see more interviews. Mm. Oh, and the song yeah. that Jeremiah Sand plays, uh, where he's trying to like seduce Mandy, it's called "Amulet of the Weeping Maze," and was released in real life um, on Bandcamp, and it became a bestseller <laughs> after the film came out. The weapon that Red has, like the big kind of axe, was inspired by uh, a metal band called Celtic Frost's logo. The F on their logo looks like that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Movie is dedicated to the memory of composer. Yeah, because he had just died right after it was kind of made. Oh, and then this is another 70s slash 80s thing that they pulled. There are a lot of similarities between Jeremiah Sand and Charles Manson. They're both failed musicians who took it very personally when people insulted their like musicianship. And <laughs> they both preferred to their victims as quote unquote pigs. And they were both were experimenting with psychedelic drugs before acts of violence. So explains why gotcha. <laughs> we were so put off by. <laughs> uh, there's so many. <clears throat> he was just so oh, insufferable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was horrible. And another early 80s kind of thing is that they lived near Crystal Lake, which is the lake in Friday the 13th. Uh, I was thinking about that. <laughs> mm -hmm, I caught that for sure. And the movie they're watching when they're eating dinner is called Night Beast, which was released in 1982. Okay. That's just what I was thinking. I was like, I've never seen this movie, but it looks very fun. <laughs> And I think that's probably about it. There's a lot of like, just like little like one note kind of notes that are like, oh, this is like a reference to this or something, but it's nothing major. Okay. All right. Well, let's get into the recap. Let's do it. Let's talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see how I'm going to do this, because I did it a little differently this time. But mm -hmm. we start off. See, I'm going, I'm basing my recap today. I took notes about my personal reaction to stuff, but I'm basing the mm -hmm. recap on the Wikipedia plot summary, because before I watched it, I read the plot summary, because the last time I watched it, I didn't know what was happening. <laughs> 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 and so when I read the plot summary, I was like, wow. Was all this actually in the movie? How did you get all this detail? <laughs> Even looking at it right now, I'm like, I, I didn't catch any of this. But um, <laughs> <laughs> so I like the detail part. Okay, so anyway, mm -hmm. I just thought I'd share that. If you're like, why does she sound exactly like Wikipedia? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm basing the the plot summary off of Wikipedia. So anyway, 1983. Mm -hmm. near the shadow mountains that's Ooh. a detail that i was like what <laughs> Did we <get> that? <laughs> okay so we have red so. miller also mm -hmm. it says he's a recovering alcoholic was that in there uh it was not mentioned i don't believe so okay <laughs> i don't I remember that that's why i'm like i don't <laughs> i don't remember any of this okay so anyway it's nicholas cage and his girlfriend mandy or wife mm -hmm. it says girlfriend on Wikipedia, but Never I know. assume they were married. <laughs> she is an artist and mm -hmm. author. I did not get that either. <laughs> I yeah, I didn't. And she's see a reader. Author. 
Yeah, she's definitely yeah. a reader. He's a logger, though. I definitely got that. Mm-hmm. And she works at a gas station as a cashier. <laughs> mm-hmm. And they live near a lake, which we all find out all that later. Anyway, so what I was writing down at the, during the beginning was, <laughs> wow, she's so skinny. <laughs> I can barely see this movie when the sun is up. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, she's like, I feel like I know exactly what type of girl she is, like, just because just her her whole vibe. And she's kind of like this alternative art girl. They're typically very skinny. Yeah, the movie (laughs) was very dark at some point. So I would suggest watching it at night with the lights off if you don't get scared by violence. Yeah, it was okay. For the beginning, though, we get like a lot of these big mystic shots or uh vistic that's probably not a word <laughs> you know like big panoramic shots of like yes. the logging and everything feels like it's done with specialized film like mm-hmm. i like to do a lot of photography with like old-timey film that's like cross-processed and stuff so there's like this decidedly green and blue cast over a lot of it mm-hmm. we get to a lot of pink and red and yeah so anyway there's just a lot of like from the beginning like it's really pretty there's a lot of great Mm -hmm. imagery bless you bless yeah it uh, (laughs) it reminded me a lot of like aurora borealis kind of in the sky kind of feel because it did feel like it was coming from up above but it also reminded me of uh that movie annihilation Mm -hmm. and how like it seemed like nature was being interpreted in different ways and or at least like mm. uh, manipulated in different ways. So it definitely felt like they were kind of, it felt like a video game too. And a comic book. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, it feels like a lot of things. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's definitely referencing, I mean, it's explicitly referencing like 80s, 70s, like pulp uh, sci-fi fantasy. Mm-hmm. Like the covers and like, just like the animation yes. and all of the everything feels and which i'm sure a lot of the those movies like the one they were watching were based on mm-hmm. they're they're they bond they have a really nice like relationship in which mm-hmm. he like never cuts her off she's allowed to just talk yeah she, they talk about yeah it's like very gentle and kind of like they perfectly coexist together we don't ever see them like arguing or having any friction they're just kind of like accepted the way that they both are and are fine with it yeah they um talk about their favorite planets which is a nice scene i liked where she's like Mm -hmm. jupiter is her favorite and saturn is his favorite and then he changes his mind it says galactus is his favorite (laughs) isn't a planet it's a planet eater (laughs) (laughs) but that felt very nicholas cage to me because i know he's a comic fan so i feel like he just threw that in there (laughs) oh yeah and i think he's technically been in three separate marvel movies (laughs) before like the whole marvel renaissance you could say right 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 <laughs> uh, there so also we start to get uh, at one point this is when i was like oh yeah he was in wild at heart there's fire that's a transition that just uses like fire as a transition mm-hmm. and then it's like nicholas cage and i was like whoa that is like directly from wild at heart. <laughs> <laughs> oh definitely but it's just foreshadowing what's coming but mm-hmm. at one point she's walking it's like a lovely forest 
it looks kind of gloomy and like scary but she's like walking through the forest and she comes upon a dead baby deer which i was like again david lynch uh-huh. <laughs> it, reference i would say it looked it, the face of it looked exactly like the baby in eraser head <laughs> So I don't know for sure that he was influenced by David Lynch, but there is so much that was like, just like, oh my God, David Lynch. Yeah, I could find the, <laughs> I could find the parallels, even if they were unintentional. <laughs> She's sitting on her bed at one point reading a book and their bed is like surrounded by glass. and But it's all so mm-hmm. like dirty or fogged up that you can't really see through it very well. And it just looks like mm-hmm. a fishbowl. And it's... yeah. It's weird. It looks like she's like reading in an aquarium. And then later it comes back and you're like, I don't like this at all. I don't like no. this <laughs> glass surrounding you. <laughs> no, I thought it was pretty, but then I was like, it uh, feels like I I would be feeling too vulnerable. <laughs> like I need to be <laughs> I need to be against a wall. Yes. She tells a story about how her dad made all of the children kill starlings and i was like your yeah. dad sounds Oof. like a real piece of shit <laughs> yeah your, your dad sounds like a serial killer <laughs> <laughs> yeah and it just this movie definitely felt like it was chock full of references that i just didn't get as well you know mm-hmm. yeah me me too but i still enjoyed it so she's walking along the road and it's kind of in red scale this is where it's we've got our like beginning of red scale i go call it red scale it's just like a type of film but it could be i don't know what filter they're using or what but it makes her eyes look black (laughs) yeah and i wanted like did she have a contact in like her right eye that made her pupil look a little bit bigger than the other one i don't know if that was just me but it looked like it was bigger I never personally noticed that, but I did notice a lot of the film, just her eyes like just turned black. In. Yeah. And I think it was just the film itself. I don't even think they really needed to do anything, but <laughs> hers were particularly yeah. black. Okay. I don't know if there was actual title cards for every section of the movie or if there was just one that happened like 15 minutes every so into often. the movie, but they're very fantasy novel. <laughs> mm-hmm. it looks, I, that's like kind of my, one of my favorite aspects of this movie are just like those stylistic flourishes and stuff Uh uh-huh so she walks by and this cult i guess it's a jesus cult which again it Mm -hmm. took me till the end of the movie even though he's wearing clearly a giant cross around his neck i'm like Mm -hmm. oh they're jesus freaks (laughs) what (laughs) (laughs) but yeah i think this was kind of like around the whole uh a lot of cults were around this time period like that step that kind of like jumped off of like i guess you could say christianity but what was i gonna say there was um i can't remember now Ooh. but yeah that's well uh, yeah so i figured he was because he was crazy but he kept referencing god and all that stuff so i was like what? i just assumed they were like a kind of a druggy cult like a manson mm-hmm. family type thing but then the whole religious aspect of it i was like okay that's weird but i don't mind it <laughs> Mm-hmm. But anyway, they pass her on the road, and the, Jeremiah, the leader, quote, unquote, of the cult, mm-hmm. sees her and becomes obsessed. Mm-hmm. And he goes back home and convinces, he doesn't really have to convince them, he just tells his flock that he wants her and they have to go get her. And he has, like, yeah. this right-hand man who I think is... Brother Swan. What's his name? But Brother Swan, he looks like he's straight out of the office. Like, 
<laughs> yes. That's such a pencil pusher look to him. <laughs> yeah, he looks like someone, but I couldn't figure out who it was, like an actor from like the office or like from Scrubs or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he's kind of dressed like an office, like he works in an office, but mm. he's like the most in touch with the <sighs> the craziness. Demon biker gang. <laughs> oh, <isn't> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because that's why I know Crothers, because he's the only one who gave any sort of explanation, and I listened to it <laughs> yes. and still didn't understand it, and I had to read this and be like, is that what he just said? <laughs> <laughs> he was probably our only exposition. <laughs> yeah, Dump. so we'll get to it, but he has the connection to them, yes. which at the beginning, before before you read the Wikipedia and figure out what actually happened, you think... Like, oh, it's funny that this pencil pusher guy is the one who's like in league with demons. <laughs> Which, right. He's got like this. It's so funny because it's called an ocarina, a mystical ocarina in the Wikipedia. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> well, that's kind of what it is, but it's called the Horn of Abraxas. Yes. And it has, when it shows up, it's very, also again, very David Lynch because it's like, uh, what do you call that? Flappy light, um, strobe, strobe light effect? Yes. Very that floppy light. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So when he pulls it out, like, oh, this is how I'm going to get the help we need. Right. I just wrote, yuck, to cults. Gross. <laughs> yeah, I feel like because there's been, especially with all the Waco stuff coming out as of like the last year <laughs> and two years, it's just been like, ugh, cults just make me feel disgusting now. <laughs> Not that they ever them, made me feel good, but... <laughs> Yeah, they're just this one is just, especially ugh. gross. <laughs> yeah, they're like really violent and crazy. So they send Mother Mary or whatever her name is into Mandy's work, which mm -hmm. is like a gas station, to I guess figure out where she lives. Mandy, from the second this cult has even like begun to appear, even from before that, she sees the dead deer. So it's almost like she is foreshadowed, like she is yeah. anticipating all of this to come. Mm -hmm. The cash register is little, literally a box. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess it's like it was like oh it's the 80s and like the middle of literally nowhere. Yeah. Like, I guess that I guess that works. She just takes the the five dollar bill and stuffs it in the box. Yeah. And then we get the brother Swan mm -hmm. blowing the ocarina <laughs> of a Braxis. Which Cooper really perked up at that sound. He was like, what is this music I'm hearing? <laughs> it did have like a dog whistle element to it, it felt like. It was very high pitched. <laughs> There's also a kid in the cult who literally never shuts his mouth. Yeah. I mean, I not like, that oh. he's talking the whole time, but it's just like literally hanging open he's... the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like, you know, the 80s, like the, I think of like the high school movies, like mouth, like mouth breather and. It just I was like, oh, uh, and he does seem kind of like the dummy henchman who is kind of like useless. Yeah, he seems like the annoying one. Everyone's like, we want, we want to kill him. Except for yeah. when it comes time for a sacrifice, they kill the fat guy. Just a random. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was like, okay, okay. So anyway, he's calling with this thing, this demon biker gang, which we'll find out in a minute <laughs> what they really are. <laughs> They're very Hellraiser-esque. They all have, like, covered yes. faces, pins sticking out of their leather. Oh, yeah. Very scary. And it's kind of hard to tell because clearly the cult is on drugs as well. But, like, I was mm -hmm. like, are they really like this? Or is it just, like, we're seeing them through this drugged haze? 
Yeah, very scary either way. We don't get confirmation until they kind of go for Mandy. Right. They go through so much trouble when they could have just been like, hey, girl, let's win you over with our wiles or, you know, just talk to her or something. But they don't even try. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess you could say chalk that up to all the drugs they're on. <laughs> just no yeah. common sense. Yeah. And I think this is where we're kind of starting our second half hour, which is mm-hmm. I didn't like it because it was too scary <laughs> and too violent for me. <laughs> it was very violent and very this part, I think, is mm, I wouldn't say it's the most violent, but it's the most like terrifying. Yeah, it's kind of like really like cringy, like, oh, my God. Yeah. OK, so. Oh, OK, 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 OK. I was like, I think I must have skipped something. Anyway, I said, Yucko, not the eye. I don't know what that is a reference to. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. That's after they they take her. So they like they after they call like the demon bikers, they like oh, okay. go to their house and they there's like this this is like really scary where it was like the light was strobing and like yes. it was really going dark and going like flashing for like a second. And so you yes. can just see them kind of like appearing in the room, all the bikers, and they're like attacking them and taking Mandy. And yeah. Yes. And then they, yeah. then we go to the next scene where it's like the mother and the sister are with Mandy and they're putting those like, I, oh, I the drops. Yeah. I think it's the LSD stuff or yeah, something. It's cause... definitely because they give her like a combination of drugs or something. <laughs> they, they like put the eye drops in her eyes and you could like hear like, the eyes kind of sizzling a little bit, which was kind of gross. <laughs> <laughs> well, then the the mother kind of like whatever's left in the vial, she just takes the rest. And then they pull out <laughs> this like giant like hornet wasp thing and it stings her on the neck. And then she kind of is like entering this drug craziness. Yes. I was so relieved when it just stung her in the neck because I thought they were yeah. going to shove this drug oh. down, this bug down her throat. And I was like, I, I cannot take that. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I've been cursed since the Matrix where they that like little metal bug went up his nose, I think. <laughs> it was, uh, well, yeah. bugs in the mouth. I think I'm just trained because there's some mm-hmm. future stuff coming that we will see that. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I'm like, and now you will hallucinate. <laughs> mm-hmm. Everything's very hazy and bluish, purplish, reddish. Yeah. And yeah, this is a very pink. I thought I remember this movie being pink, but watching it this time, it felt like it was mostly red. So maybe it's just my mm-hmm. television. I don't know. So she's sitting mine there, drug. Huh? Sorry. Sorry. Mine was red. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, <okay>. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> A little mental delay on my end. <laughs> she's sitting there and the, the cult is kind of like in front of her mm-hmm. and he asks her what does she see or something like that and she says i see the reaper fast approaching mm-hmm. and like those look like the few lines i wrote down i was like so true on so many levels <laughs> literally <laughs> <laughs> for so many people yeah okay so all i wrote was even through a drugged haze this guy is such a doofus <laughs> mm. <laughs> oh no yeah. i also wrote okay i wrote more but anyway he gives this whole monologue and i'm like by the end of it, I was like, honestly, I didn't listen to a word he said. I just could care less about him. And mm. I hope he dies at some point in this movie. And wow. but I like I really <laughs> like the way they superimposed her face on his face. So like she's listening really to him cool. and she's seeing her own face. 
Yeah, and you can tell, like, she has her mouth open the whole time, and you could, I feel like you could feel her character just, like, her eyes rolling in her head, because <laughs> she is just, he's just giving on and on about himself and how he's, like, yeah. you know, the, you know, chosen one, blah, 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 all this normal cult stuff, and he's playing his <laughs> shitty music. Honestly, her reaction to him is the most satisfying thing about this movie. Oh. It's like, she's not scared for one second. She's mm-hmm. just like, you are such a loser. I can't. <laughs> yeah, that's the best way to put it. That Especially because she starts laughing when he asks like what she thinks or about the music. Yeah, because he like opens that. his robe. Oh, oh yeah, and he gets <laughs> well, naked too. Yeah, and I forgot that his he wrote a song that's playing. It's very like folksy, <laughs> 70s. Like, yes. I want to say Peter, Paul, and Mary, but like also really bad yeah it's not good (laughs) and he asked her he's like because no what was so funny about it was she was like wait did you write this song and he was like uh yeah what do you think and she was like she just starts laughing and it's like a minute-long shot of her just laughing (laughs) yeah well she clearly likes hardcore yeah you know we've seen (laughs) her in a motley crew and black sabbath shirt so she's not into the folksiness probably yeah <laughs> yeah her laughter is very satisfying if only i didn't already know where it led <laughs> i know <laughs> i know but i i wrote oh with the poor baby's feelings hurt <laughs> <laughs> literally and honestly the main one of my main problems with this kind of with the movie in general is that this bad guy who's like supposedly the ultimate bad guy is so not scary which even the movie doesn't find him scary but like Mm -hmm. i know he causes a lot of pain and suffering but he's just like such a loser and i'm sure that's probably the point but it's just like i just i think it's scary (laughs) yeah well i think that's like true to a lot of cults is like i mean look at charles manson he was a loser right yeah a lot of them are just like people and oh and like the nexium cult Keith Raniere, <laughs> uh, another loser, <laughs> also with long hair. So, yeah. you know, that's at the core of it is they're just people who have easily bruised egos and are full of themselves, but also hate themselves. Yeah. Well, okay. So after she left into space, he gets all pissy and they go stab Nicolas Cage, which I'm like, I don't like the stabbing. Yes. And then, oh, go ahead quick fun fact that i found out the sword that he they referenced like the sword of the white whatever whatever is the dungeons and dragons reference (laughs) (laughs) and then um the imagery of them stabbing him in his side is very much a la jesus christ when he gets speared in the side right 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 oh and he's also like bound with barbed wire yeah that was that was horrible yeah, and then there's like a burning part and I kind of left the room because I wasn't going to watch uh, it. <laughs> I'm just going to deal with it. <laughs> yeah, I would say this this was probably the most, for me, even though the rest of the movie is very violent, this was like the most disturbing because it felt yes she was like no quote unquote threat to them and they kind of put her in, in a sack and burn her. It's very bad. Yeah, yeah. So just a a warning if you're going to watch the movie. (laughs) This part was probably the most like shocking. Yes, I was like, I was like, you know, I had been a fan the first three minutes and then we got to this Mm -hmm. whole part and I was like, I I had to walk away and I was like, I just, this movie took a big downturn for me right here. But I mean, I know it's part of the whole point, but you know, just for Mm -hmm. me, it was like, I can't. Yeah. You got to have something to fuel the, the want for his revenge. Yeah. 
So I guess they just, yeah. So I kind of wish that whole part, the whole from his obnoxious monologue to this whole part would have just mm-hmm. like taken that 30 minutes and squished it down to like maybe 10 or 15 and you know, just yeah. cut out a lot of it. <laughs> yeah. Personally. Yeah. I, can, I can agree with that. I can agree with that. But the, we'll just make it, you know, they like to have director's versions. Make a, a wuss version for me. <laughs> <laughs> yes. A little bit lighter. <laughs> a, less obnoxious, a less obnoxious man and wussy watching. No. Okay. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they all leave and we get like an, our, um, I think it's our first animated dream. Because mm-hmm. when Nicolas Cage is unconscious, he has these animated dreams. And... It's of her, and she like turns into a zombie, and the chin falls off, which is kind of gross, but mm-hmm. still, it's cool. Okay, and then there's um the most infamous scene in this movie, which is this bathroom scene, <laughs> because <laughs> yes. Nicolas Cage manages, or Red manages to untie his barbed wire somehow, mm-hmm. and he's got a bottle of liquor, so I don't know, I guess he stopped being sober. <laughs> I don't yeah. know why they even have it in the house, but he pours it all over his wounds and is screaming and drinking it and screaming, and <laughs> it's just very uh, probably cathartic for him. <laughs> I was about to say maybe considering now we know where his inspiration for his character was, maybe yeah. it was like <laughs> felt really good. Yeah, it was a very Nicolas Cage unhinged mm-hmm. moment, which yeah. we all like, <laughs> and the bathroom yeah, yeah. is like really cool wallpaper it kind of reminded me of the shining yes like carpet That's i guess a, yes <laughs> yeah it's there's a lot of uh the bathroom to me was super like 70s where it was like a lot of uh-huh. browns and yellows earthy yes. tones <laughs> and cooper again was um watching nicholas cage scream and drink and <laughs> he started to bark at him but not in a bark like he normally does when he sees a a dog or horse or something it was mm. more like he was concerned for him oh <laughs> cooper that's so sweet i know <laughs> okay so now we get to carruthers <laughs> yes okay so this is um one of the best parts of the wikipedia because i was like oh that's what this happened okay so <laughs> carruthers is nicholas's cage nicholas's cage nicholas cage's <laughs> friend Mm-hmm. who it makes me really wonder about Nicolas Cage's past or Red's past in this movie mm-hmm. because like why is he holding his crossbow he goes yeah. to pick up his crossbow from him <laughs> yeah that well this part may also maybe laugh because when Nicolas Cage goes up to his door you could see like on the door and like giant letters it just says go away and after he knocks Carruthers is like can't you read it was very <laughs> David Lynch to me and he was like oh, it was ex- I you. mean that's almost exactly what happens in one of the first scenes of Firewalk with me so <laughs> <laughs> we will see that soon enough but yeah but anyway Carruthers comes Carruthers is cool mm-hmm. okay so I will try to explain what he explains to him according to Wikipedia which obviously knows a lot more than I could deduce from the movie, but <laughs> <laughs> the demon biker game are mm-hmm. called the Black Skulls. Mm-hmm. He explains that they were former drug couriers who became mm-hmm. sadomasochists after they consumed a bad batch of LSD. <laughs> mm-hmm. And they were never the same. Yeah. And I was wondering the whole time, 
is this cult related to that in some way? Like, were they also in the drug trade or something? Yeah, well, I think we... Because, like, the chemist uh, towards, like, more of, like, the last quarter of the movie, like, he clearly knows who they are. So uh-huh. I'm wondering if maybe do they... Did the Black Skulls deliver them the drugs? Did they... Are the cult kind of in charge of the drugs, sort of? Right. <laughs> it does kind of give, like, they're involved somehow. That's how they're connected, yeah. as the drugs. Yeah, yeah. So I guess Hellraiser is definitely an influence if they're like a sadomasochist. Yeah. I mean, but even I the thought looks... they were actual demons. And then I was like, oh, nah. they're just tripping. <laughs> okay. <laughs> they're forever tripping and they're very forever uh, tripping. They're, you know, they're sadomasochist, sadistic freaks. I think that would give you a disadvantage. And clearly it does because. <laughs> <laughs> well, first, uh, Red has to create his axe thing i'm like you're gonna go mm-hmm. hunt demon bikers with an axe that you made yourself and a crossbow <laughs> very 80s tropes <laughs> oh yeah this feels this a lot of the evil dead stuff i feel like was inspired uh a lot of <laughs> stuff from this movie was inspired by evil dead yeah and it kind of at this point the halfway point of the movie mm-hmm. changes its tone a little. It becomes a little mm-hmm. more tongue in cheek, a little more silly. I don't yes. know if it's just because Nicolas Cage takes over and he just can't help himself but be that way. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed it. The tone shift. It gets so that's why the violence isn't as Harsh. hard as in the first. Plus, it's like now a revenge fantasy, so you know it feels justified. The violence, yeah, almost in a way, exactly. Okay, so we start off with some crossbow sniping, (laughs) (laughs) which makes his car flip and he immediately gets captured, which I don't know if that's what he wanted to do, but I was like, I don't know that you're very good at this, but turns out. (laughs) Yeah, I think it was that part was a little like I wasn't sure what was going on because he hit the biker at the end of the line. But then, like, when he's getting close to running the guy over, there's, like, a gunshot that makes his car flip. I couldn't figure that out. It was a little confusing. I'd but... see. I thought he hit the guy, and he was just, like, a tree trunk and made his car flip. <laughs> oh, I mean, that could be it. Maybe I just missaw it. I mean, it was very dark, so <laughs> who knows? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, also, so then he has another animated dream, which started to remind mm-hmm. me of that Cube Rusty Lake series. A yes. Bit. The animation is very <laughs> similar. Yes. And Red wakes up and suddenly he's in the beginning of the movie Saw. <laughs> he looks oh like my he's God, like yes. chained to a radiator. <laughs> yep. Okay, so and then this, I guess, I think she's a woman, comes in and she's so mm-hmm. wet. It's so gross. <laughs> and yeah, her face looks like uh, melted wax almost. Yeah. Well, they're all, I think they're all wearing masks, but they all also have demon voices. Like... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, maybe like they're tripping so hard they have developed their own demon language. Yeah. Oh, he also has his hand nailed in. And yeah. I was just like, why is there so much Ooh. hardware store torture in this? <laughs> <laughs> it's very uh, you know, that's that was kind of like a, a thing in the early two thousands with Saw and Hostile and you know. Yeah. Those kind of movies. But he manages to free a pipe and knock her into the inexplicable giant pit. (laughs) Pit to hell. Yep. (laughs) Send her back. And I was like, what is this place and what is happening in it? 
and who were these people in that room and were they dead <laughs> because we're just like walking i think through, so and there's like random like the shining where you look at a room and it's something mm-hmm. weird but it's like two dead people and yeah i think it's like supposed to make us like to tell us that these people are like crazy and like they're it's like very much like the you know violence and sex and drugs because you could see that the guy has blood all over his like butt so it's like inferring <laughs> that he was raped maybe i don't know but there's also a woman in there dead as there's well. a woman dead as but it's like on a dirty mattress on the floor like they're clearly dead i think it was just like a one shot it was very yeah okay and their house is like disgusting yeah so i definitely think maybe the shining was also a influence on this movie mm. yeah <laughs> i said okay i said nicholas cage is good at crazy eyes Oh, thank mm-hmm. God he got his axe back. <laughs> <laughs> then I said, I think he's going to need a series of tetanus shots and rabies shots after this. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because the guy he fights in the living room is like, had, just has this knife with him and is like kind of waving it around. Okay. So then Nicolas Cage puts some gray sludge in his mouth, which I think is insane. And it's I think apparently it's the, drugs. <laughs> I would say, I think it's the LSD. Yeah. Which is like, it makes sense of why these people are crazy because he just takes like a dab on his finger on his tongue and he's like, he like is transported somewhere else. Yes. Yes. This is when I started complaining about why has this movie been read for the past hour? <laughs> because it was so beautiful and different at the beginning. And I get it, mm-hmm. you know, because of the revenge Color and theory. all that. But like, <laughs> I was Rage. just getting really tired of the red. <laughs> so then he kills the boss biker, Bacoblin bad guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> very Bacoblin and I think he had some final words but couldn't understand them me neither and yeah the drugs are clearly working but and see this is my other problem with this half hour is like mm-hmm. yes it was kind of I mean I didn't really mind the violence so much and it was kind of gross and it was kind of samey but like also mm-hmm. my biggest problem was that I thought these were going to be the hard ones to kill and they were the first no. ones he killed. And so I was like, oh, well, then the rest of the movie is going to be a piece of cake because if you took these guys out, then you're going to have no problem with the cult. <laughs> well, it's very much that trope of like, they have no idea who they're fucking with. Very <laughs> Rambo, very... That no. crossbow. <laughs> used it before. Okay, so... Okay, so then we go to the chemist and... Mm-hmm. There is a trend in this movie in which every time Nicolas Cage walks into a room, the person is not looking at him and goes, I know you're right behind me. Let me give you a little speech. <laughs> I'm like, how does everyone see him? <laughs> they can feel his eyes burning a hole in their back. <laughs> must be, must be. So, okay, so we already mentioned his tiger, which Nicolas Cage yes. was wearing a tiger on his shirt earlier. Mm-hmm. And he just took the drug. So it was hard to tell how much of this part was like, real (laughs) yeah well you could this guy is responsible i mean this guy was terrible i mean he makes the lsd and i guess tests it on his tiger so (laughs) because he said if the tiger is he knows the batch is good if the tiger's calm (sighs) which is like okay you're a freak and then it's like this unspoken conversation where nicholas cage is just like staring at him with crazy eyes and he's like just answering back like if they're talking he's like you're right i should release lizzie from her cage Yes. Ugh, those people did that they're so terrible aren't they yes he talks to him telepathically somehow and mm-hmm. although he says to him at one point not nicholas gage but the chemist says to him mm-hmm. you exude a cosmic darkness 
<laughs> well, he's on a quest for revenge, so. Yeah, he basically, I, he, I think he just tells him where the mm-hmm. cult is, basically. Yeah. And yeah, I said, this movie is nostalgic about the 80s, like David Lynch is nostalgic about the 50s. <laughs> yes, very much. <laughs> okay, so then I said, I must have missed something because I'm not sure how he got this four-wheeler or why. It looks like he's on the surface he, um, of Mars. <laughs> he stole it. He stole it from the biker gang. One of them had a four-wheeler. Mm. Well, and maybe this is a remnant of the lizard because when he wakes up, mm-hmm. there's a lizard right there and it's very cute. Mm-hmm. A little spotted gecko. I can only hope, if it was an actual tiger, that it eats the chemist immediately. Probably. That's what he deserves. Okay, so the cult is in this really cool... Okay, so we stop having so much red at this point. The mm-hmm. cult is in this really cool kind of canyon thing. Yeah. It looks really cool. And I said, ooh, the gurgling sound. Yet ultimately satisfying. I think... Mm-hmm. I don't know who he kills at the beginning. Is it... I think it's the the mouth the mouth open guy. He's like spit shining his car, and mm. you just see like the axe flying through the air, and it hits him right in the forehead, and you hear like the <laughs> bleh, grossness. Right, right, right. And then this is when he runs into like the one of the other like brothers who is like not really in it that much, but they have this giant chainsaw fight where it feels very funny to me because. Nicholas Cage comes around the corner and he's like, ooh, a chainsaw. I'm going to use this. And as he's like trying to rev it up to go attack the guy, the guy just pulls out like an even longer chainsaw. <laughs> Super long chainsaw. <laughs> Super long. <laughs> Which felt very Evil Dead to me. Evil Dead Yeah, too. and it kind of felt like a weird, like kind of a boss fight type of thing. Also mm-hmm. like overcompensation. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But that was the most 80s of all the deaths was this guy's chainsaw death. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah i mean he know oh this person loses their chainsaw and this person loses their chainsaw but he finds some chains and like pulls him onto his own chainsaw and kills him it's very yeah very much that very gross i guess did we already kill um poindexter brother swan <laughs> yes i forgot about that okay yeah, that was so the first he was the first oh okay, he gets okay, okay. he gets stabbed in the face with the axe oh yeah he then... lets um the girl yes live the one who earlier she had had to she had to play russian to roulette. her head russian roulette yeah it, she <gasps> lets because she seemed like the most the most like able to come back from the corruption yes of the cult. yes 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 she was really young okay the old lady mother whatever her name is is very mm. sad <laughs> yeah when she's like begging him or not really begging him but offering to have sex with him mm-hmm. and i said who am i to say an old lady <laughs> no she's she's a little older but yeah she's supposed to be older but you know i'm getting up there myself so (laughs) so we go to jeremiah he throws her head at him (laughs) yeah so that i do like that this movie did not show a lot of like they didn't like display the violence against the women so we never see him kill her we just see him toss like a you know prosthetic head at jeremiah yes 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 and again i just was like shut up jeremiah i'm so ready for mm-hmm. this guy to die just kill him already <laughs> mm-hmm. because he of course had to monologue in his most obnoxious of way of course he's a super villain but bad and one. then a- another very david lynch moment of death he <laughs> gives him the old head squish <laughs> yes very uh game of thrones the mountain versus 
It's his name Oberon, I think. Pedro Pascal's uh-huh, character. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yes. Very that. It was gross. <laughs> yeah. So I guess that's justice served. Yeah. And as he walks away, it feels very wild at heart again. Because mm-hmm. he, I think he burns the whole place down. Mm-hmm. He walks away with the fire behind him, and I was like, "Are we sure this isn't wild at heart?" <laughs> <laughs> this is a long sequel. <laughs> yeah. So I think at this point, I was like, "I think I'm gonna venture out on a limb and say that this director is definitely a David Lynch fan." I would say yes, because it does feel like they took a lot of inspiration from just David Lynch things and David Lynchian type of things. Yeah final scene he's in the car he is a bloody mess Mm -hmm. which every like i think there's one shot of him like in clear uh lit yes and he just looks insane (laughs) yes that's when he's like he looks over and mandy's in the car with him and yeah this is where we find out it's not explained but I found out in the trivia that the, that shirt, that 44 shirt that he got ripped, that he was like, was my favorite shirt. It's a shirt he was wearing when he met Mandy. Oh, see, well, how, how, does, how did these people know yeah. these things? It's a lot of uh, in the inference. movie. <laughs> it's a lot of inference, I think, and, you know, learning about the, the facts mean, of the movie, the script, whatever. I'm okay with some questions. I'm a David Lynch fan, you know? Right. I just was like, I don't understand where you guys are getting all of this from. There's this really cool kind of angel wing effect Mm -hmm. that we get in the car with Manti. And um, we get another final book cover image, putting Mm -hmm. it squarely in the 80s fantasy realm. And yeah, so that was it. Yep. He rides off into the sunset or the sunrise. trying to look at what my final thoughts were Mm. why don't you tell me your final thoughts on the movie yes i enjoyed this movie i think it's definitely worth a watch uh if you're very put off by gore um and violence i would say don't watch it because it's very violent (laughs) and very gory but i think it's a very fun performance by nicholas cage it's like kind of sort of actiony in a way in that like kind of like middle part where it's like a lot of fighting there's it's a little more actiony uh-huh. than scary i would say so i think it's like a oh, yeah. a good a fun watch if you're into that kind of like genre and yeah um, it's, it's really john beautiful wick i am well i've never seen john wick but i imagine it's more john wick in like the second half. you know <laughs> there's a lot of color color story in john wick too it's a lot instead of like you know, woodsy and everything, it's a lot more clubby and there's a lot more neon kind of lights, but ah. it does have a John Wick kind of feel to it, except there's not there's less guns and more kind of like mm. hand-to-hand combat. And uh-huh. Yeah, but it's if you like that kind of stuff, it's a good watch. I say it's worth a watch for sure. Yeah. I'm going to look and see what I said when I finished watching. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, I've already expressed the middle hour is my least favorite of all of the four Mm -hmm. sections i put this movie into (laughs) i just okay i think the beginning and end were the most beautifully shot parts Mm -hmm. and they were really they really left an impression on me from the first time i watched it and i will say the middle hour was very it didn't have enough variation for my liking and it got a Mm -hmm. little too violent in the first half and of the and then the second half Mm -hmm. the part i didn't like was just a little too 
I just didn't feel like the threat was worthy of an entire, you know, half hour of Mm -hmm. trying to kill Hellraiser bikers without like (laughs) some explanation of, you know, besides the fact that they helped with the whole murder thing. So, and it kind of made the cultists ultimate demise feel a little anticlimactic just because you're like, I couldn't agree with that. Yeah. But I put up a fight. Well, exactly. And they, I mean, it was clear that they wouldn't, you know? Right. So So, maybe it's just, I could see that, you know, I'm just too used to a certain type of story structure. So, Mm -hmm. but, and I didn't get any of that the first time. The first time I watched it, I was just like, whoa, that was something crazy. I just watched. (laughs) (laughs) And so, okay. What I wrote down was, Honestly, the movie, the more I try to understand the plot, the less good it seems. <laughs> but it's just <laughs> so damn beautiful in parts that I kind of forget its flaws. Mm-hmm. And I don't even know for sure that it's really flawed. It's just not my particular cup of tea in certain ways. But, you know, that might have been by design. So, you know, like, especially like the annoyingness of Jeremiah. He is just so annoying mm-hmm. that I just didn't even want to watch him on screen anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then the other ones, even though they were very aesthetically disgusting or whatever i just didn't find them to be that scary so anyway overall i give it like mm-hmm. a b b plus mm-hmm. yeah it's I would say it's... in my wheelhouse but not like mm-hmm. not like entirely there are parts of it that just weren't kind of your vibe yeah yeah i would say it's very in kind of what you're gonna get it's very niche and that like it's very like a much like a rob zombie kind of horror movie where it's like very violent but also kind of has these really beautiful like avant-garde shots and uses like a lot more imagery than what's it called uh exposition to kind of tell you what's going on uh-huh. so a lot of a lot of people prefer exposition and i can understand that and i would love some more exposition because i like to know kind of backstories yeah. and stuff like that but i still really enjoyed it well it must have somehow been in there if these people could come up with all this I wonder. Stuff, and I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I also wonder if it's one of those things where they also collected it from like interviews and stuff that the yeah, director that could gave. Be it. That could be it. That could but be it. you know, it makes sense once you but kind I'm, of hear it. Yeah, I'm definitely interested in the director and the cinematographer. Even though, like I yeah. said, I looked both of them up, and neither of them have a ton of credits. Mm-hmm. Nothing that I would have been like, oh, they did that. But I'm interested to see what else they do because, yeah. They've Definitely aesthetically, there were some really good moments, and uh, yeah, I mean, it's fun. It's if you're like a horror lover, if you're a you know, a, oh, yeah, a David Lynch lover, I think you would definitely enjoy it. Yeah, and there's definitely a lot of Lynchian aspects that you can mm-hmm. pick out. Definitely. Definitely, obviously, 80s sci fi, um, yeah. fantasy 80s horror. <laughs> yeah the shining was definitely mm-hmm. hellraiser was definitely an influence evil dead um, friday 13th evil dead yeah friday the 13th yeah those were just the ones i found and there was a lot more that i was like that's a reference to something i don't know <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i would you know i would be very interested uh if anyone else has watched this movie like what their yeah. thoughts on it were because i feel like this is definitely like a david lynch uh, project it's very much something that you kind of realize things the more you talk about it uh-huh. so i would really like if anyone else has watched it what their thoughts on it were what they picked up on it that maybe we didn't pick up on it yes please write us in your first impressions of this movie or your final <laughs> yes. thoughts because we would love to talk about it in our next check-in definitely that'd be awesome <laughs> 
And I'm not going to tell you what's coming next week because I'm not 100% sure. So <laughs> <laughs> it'll be a surprise. Be a surprise. But we will talk to you next week. Yes. Good thank night. you for listening. Bye. <laughs> if you'd like to get in contact with us, you can DM us on Instagram at Manners and Madness Pod, or you can DM us on Twitter at Manners Madness, or you could email us at Gmail using Manners and Madness at gmail.com. And if you would like to leave a voice message on our website, you can at managedmanagement.com. And it's about a minute long. Yes. And we would absolutely love it if you would give us a rating and review on Apple or Spotify or the podcast app of your choice. It really means a lot to us and helps get more people to listen to the podcast. Also, we have a donate button, which is on our website, managedmanagement.com as well. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Any help is very much appreciated. Very much. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next week. Good night. Bye. Bye.